last time on Dice Funk. And it's all these photos that never happened, but Reese has created them of Richard having these good moments with his son. Suck it, old man. You love your son. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be you. You gotta. You you might actually have a family after all. Do you guys want military or do you guys want hospitality? I vote hospitality. I think that hospitality is just more on brand with the 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 way that we're trying to do the revolution. I'm fine with either manufacturing or construction. That's my that's my lean on that. Well, then it sounds like we're all for magn- we're all kind of open to manufacturing. Yeah, until you guys control half, Alistair can step in at any point and undo everything you've done. Oh, mole on mole. They're not a hive mind, and some moles think their interests would be better served if the heads of crown were in the ground. You know, I'm just kind of tired of dealing with people dying. It's happened a lot recently. We go way back. How far back? Yeah. To the same printing machine. Oh, because of Project Eternity. Oh, so Bear's like a bajillion years old? Bird, I mean, before he was a bear, I believe he was a dog, and then before that a cat, and then a bird. Their blood stains the desert red. The algorithm predicted perfectly. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job, had second hand. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young youth, you're rocking the go to. No goose, only way I begin to G York was drug loot. And let's start it like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one. It's fine. It's, it's quarter past midnight and I'm wearing oversized aviators. It's going to be a good night. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Uh, on the last episode of this show, is that what I say? I feel like I said I used to say something else. Last time, it's like last time, yada yada yada. I think is more what you would say. Last time on Dice Funk in the old days. I'm, I'm the one that says that. <laughs> um, you guys had successfully uh, negotiated your way to a pretty strong position. You have 25 percent of the country slash company slash economy under control of the administration branch. And if you guys uh, take care of Solomon, whatever take care means, you know, bump, 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 dramatic. Uh, you, you guys know. have 50. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and you guys will have your position secure to start enacting your reforms and making life better in Valentine. Uh, in order to accomplish this, you guys need to know where Solomon is and what he's up to. Uh, to that end, you guys got logins for vStore, the academic database, um, and you log in and you realize there are just a profound number of scattered and sketchily translated documents to go through. Just a ton. Yep. I'm specifically thinking about the uh, scholarly uh, work that went in after like the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, the Nag Hammadi Library, which I probably just mispronounced, the Gospel of Judas, which was I think was translated finally in like 2008 like you know, one of, our, yeah one of the apocryphal ones right yeah within our lifetime you there's been like an entire sea change in our understanding of some religions so you may have think this was all solved many years ago but both in valentine and in the real world this is an ongoing struggle so there's a lot to go through and in the background um actually your new employee blood maw the invincible is going to help go through that stuff and kind of piece it together and oh, he yeah will- i forgot we hired him yeah, you poached him. Big boy. And he will help explain what's going on in all of those uh, complicated journals and 
articles and books and so forth um, at the end of this episode. Um, while that's happening off screen, tell me how you guys spend your possibly final downtime scenes. I don't know for sure, but we're getting towards the end. And let's all assume that if you take down Solomon, you win this campaign, this adventure, this story, in a sense. Nothing's off the table. It could go on. I don't know. But that's that's what I think is the a clear ending point if everything goes right. Okay, so I've I've got a thing for uh, for downtime scene. Mm-hmm. My downtime scene needs a little bit of help from someone else, but what I'm going to do first is talk about my my level up. So uh, let me just pull this up. So Frank's level 10 as a wizard now. Uh, he got Conjure Elemental and Banishment from Algernon last episode. Uh, he gains five additional uh, max HP. He gets an Arcane Tradition feature, so now while concentrating on a Conjuration spell, his concentration can't be broken as a result of taking damage, which is nice. Mm. Uh, he gets a second fifth level spell slot, which is nice considering he got that new fifth level spell. Uh, he gets two new spells, as he does every time he levels up. So he gets Cone of Cold and Dominate Person. And he also gets a new cantrip, <laughs> which is going to be Prestidigitation. So he's Frank's got fun stuff to work with now. Oh, Dominate Person. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good giggle about that. But, uh, downtime scene gonna make one last attempt to do a to do a thing to try and get try and get the sun on 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 side because that that's frank's whole downtime arc really is he just wants his son to to think he's cool so doing a downtime scene with a bit of bit of help from reese yeah that's me <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it's like it's i, I thought you were gonna set up like an improv like, okay for this next scene i'm gonna need help from someone in the audience uh, uh you wreck girl come up on the stage so yeah the, the the basic idea is last time last time there was a downtime scene with frank and uh forest basically frank played up the fact that he's like uh, rat girl's cool i know rat girl Rat, rat girl's cool. Do you want? Do you want to be? Would that help you be cool? If I could, if I could get rat girl to come hang out, and Chris is is seemingly up for this, so we're gonna we're gonna do a little exercise in making Forest look really heckin' cool by getting rat girl to school. I th I think was the uh, was the idea. Is that is that about right? Uh, yeah. That rat girl would uh, come to school and propose an emergency in which only Forrest can help. Yeah. <laughs> and then use the help of Blood Maw the Invincible and his skills as a professional wrestler to have him be the convincing villain that Forrest can help take down. Yeah, so this this was going to be a little bit conduit of arty. So do you want to describe how how you're going to use your conduit of art magical abilities to to signal that that Forrest needs to come help save the day? <laughs> um I did. We don't have like. Right, can I borrow bear or bird? Can Can you borrow like like? No, there's a new animal now. It's bear the bird. So you go with bird the bear. Okay. Fuck you, Austin. I'm using bird. Bird uh, is going to come in with the slam decals, and he is going to literally like slam through the wall of the classroom, and they, he's holding a piece of paper in his mouth that says, uh, "Is it Forrest Westerly?" Uh, Forrest LeVay Westerly. So it says Forrest. I'm sorry. Does he fucking smash through the wall like the Kool-Aid man? Yes. 
<laughs> okay. Hey, you asked me to help with this. So I'm adding stupid to no, it. No, that's very good. I I enjoy it. Does he just go instead of whatever the Kool Aid man? Yeah, he is. just like oh, he just smashes through it. Yeah, yeah. He just throws himself into it, and he has a message that says, "Forest Levee Westerly, Rat Girl needs your help." This is like one of those Hostess Fruit Pie comics <laughs> where <laughs> Super <laughs> Superman needs the energy of a Hostess Fruit Pie to stop yes. the fucking asthma monster or whatever. What? Assuming Forrest actually takes the letter, <laughs> the letter will say that uh, to follow Bear and uh, Bird, rather, and Bird has been specifically instructed to go out to the playground where everything is conveniently within eyesight of the classroom that Forrest is a part of, so they can look outside and see this big fight that's about to happen with the very dangerous uh, Blood Maw Demon. Uh, and then when Bird gets back, he gets snacks because that's what I assume he was in this for to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> he just bribed him with snacks or run through yeah. a wall. Exactly, it's a great day. For him. In in preparation for this, Frank is gonna ha- uh, gonna cast unseen servant and have an invisible helper on hand to basically uh, be able to do some bigging up of of Forrest. Like if Forrest needs to do like a big jumping kick, like the the invisible servant can help sort of carry him to make the kick work. <laughs> basically, like an invisible stagehand. You guys are dorks. Um, <laughs> so I think, like, did you guys uh, coach Blood Maw, or did you just say, like, hey, just act menacing, and then my son's going to come beat you up in front of his friends? Yeah, he's a professional wrestler. He's the one who knows how to, like, pretend like he's getting beaten up really badly. So I, I, I trust him to know how to, like, take a fall from a hit from a kid. You got sure, you gotta, you gotta to make sure to sell the hit, okay? If you don't sell it, everyone's going to think the forest isn't strong. You can't do that, okay? You got to sell it. No, that's no problem. The problem is no one told him to reel it in for oh, <laughs> the, no! the, uh, the age-appropriate audience. I mean, yeah, I'd probably say like, "Hey, keep PG thirteen with the insults." <laughs> you could drop, you could drop one These are children, but blood, blood, one mom. F, and it, it can't be, it can't be in the context of sexual nature. That's just outright gone. So keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you could say "fuck you, Valentine," but only once, okay. No more. <laughs> so, okay. So he comes out. He's like standing up on the jungle gym. He's like beating his chest like a gorilla. And he's like, <laughs> you foolish kids. I will destroy your pitiful school for evil. And then he like blades himself or something because <laughs> he's a wrestler. And he's just like covered in blood for no reason. He's just like, this is what people like, right? Blood. Yeah. That's very intense. Uh, I want to have, we'll say like Rec Girl is off to the side, like in her costume and everything and she's just pretending to be hurt like forest he's too strong i we need you to help beat him two magic kicks <laughs> frank in this scene you you be your son here because i have i'm gonna be blood maw <laughs> so you tell me how your how your son do so blood maw jumps off the jungle gym like picks up picks up a metal slide and just starts bonking rat girl <laughs> over and over like ha, 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 i cannot be defeated with the power of this slide <laughs> I think honestly, like Forrest starts this a little anxious because there's a lot of people looking at him, and this is a bit like, like the the the, the anxiety he had over oh no, girl is looking at me before, probably <laughs> a bit more anxious than that. So I, I imagine he probably goes over and just sort of punches in the general direction. He's not; it's not a very confident punch, I don't think. <laughs> All right, so Forrest is just gonna like walk up. He's just this uh, middle 
school hoodie wearing awkward hormonal boy and he's just gonna be like uh i'm just gonna try to help rat girl and punch and blood ball's like ha 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 puny human i am immune to punches you have nothing that can harm me even though you're very handsome and successful <laughs> i'm gonna like quietly give blood Maw a sign like good job <laughs> oh he's trying so hard oh he's immune to punches try kicks he might he might be vulnerable to kicks. Right, right, go, sure, try kicks. <laughs> no, my one weakness, not the kicks. No. Uh, <laughs> Forrest, Forrest goes for a kick in the in the knees. Alright. So <laughs> Forrest just runs up and just kicks Blood Maw in the knee and he you know dramatically falls over. Why don't you let's let's do a roll here. How about a performance for Frank to help sell this? Oh, performance is good. I've got a good bonus in that. Huzzah. Yeah. At uh, 22 for performance. Oh, snap. All right, Frank, you do a really good job helping. How do you help? Okay, so we've got we've got that unseen servant, and as Forrest goes in to kick, the unseen servant is just going to kind of lift Forrest up so that the kick that was just going to be a kick in the knees is now a leaping kick to the face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our blood ball gets kicked square in the mouth and he falls backwards and drops to the slide and he's he's like, ow! That I, <laughs> You're doing good! I'll get you snacks! <laughs> I, I do love a snack, but not so much as I love evil! Quick, quick son, put your hands together and throw them forward to throw a fireball at him! Oh god, you want to make a spell attack to help? help? I, I want to try and just do like, just a basic cantrip, I'm going to try and throw a firebolt. And I'm going to try and mislead it to look like, to look like Forrest has done firebolt. Bloodmaw did not think he was going to get set on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big boy, he can handle a cantrip, I think. I think he can handle a cantrip. He was like, no. That's 23. Damn, when the power of fatherliness is on the line here, you're just rolling all 20 pluses, huh? Frank's really into I'm, this. I'm, I'm getting my good... This is my last chance to, like, make the, the relationship with the sun work properly. I'm pulling out the good rolls. All right, with the 23, the firebolt, uh, like, shoots from... It's kind of a sleight of hand thing where it's behind Forrest for, as far as the audience can see. So it looks like it's coming out of his hands, even though it's, like, from behind him. And it slams into Blood Maw's chest, and he's completely immune to fire. He is a demon from <laughs> a, the abyss, a realm of pure evil. <laughs> but he stumbles back, um, you know, clutching at his chest, and he falls onto our merry-go-rounds a thing on the playground. I'm going to say they are. Yeah, I think so. Were you, did you not go to school? I did. I just, I'm just incredibly stupid. <laughs> they haven't changed since then. They're one of the few things that didn't get upgraded. The merry-go-round is a good place for him to land. It means that he rotates. All of the class can get a good look at the defeated foe. Um, yeah, so he lands on the merry-go-round and he's like, ah, oh, no, fire. <laughs> I'm, I'm led to believe that is painful. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rackerel, are you still on the ground having been defeated by the slide? Uh, if it looks like uh, the, that Blood Maw's taken the, the final curtain call thing. The words aren't good for me today. Uh, then, yeah, I'm going to get up. and I'm going to be like, I, I guess there's probably some speaker so that this carries across to the people who are watching or something like that. But I'm just gonna like, thank you, Forrest LeVay Wesley. Valentine's safe thanks to you. And I'll hoist him up on my shoulders or whatever kid's like. I don't know. He's like 13. He's probably about my height. So I guess I give him a pat on the head or something. <laughs> are you short, Chris? 
But she is. I guess she's not that short. I just, I just, I'm old. just thinking he's like six years old, and I'm like, no, he's like a fucking 15 year old or something like that. Yeah, no, I was like, 15 year olds are taller than me. Uh, as you try to hype up uh, Forrest to the crowd, uh, Blood Maw says, draped over the merry-go-round, uh, he's like, ha ha ha, foolish rat girl, you know I can't be defi- defeated by mere fire. Only a sword wielded by a true hero can defeat me. <laughs> Oh, I'll stop you then. Wrecker looks like she's about to pull out her sword. She's like, ah, that slide broke my hand. Forrest, you're going to need to do this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if, if I've still got the unseen servant up, the, the unseen servant is going to float the sword over towards their forest. <laughs> so he's telekinetic now, too. I can see the wire work on that sword. This looks pretty fake. Um... <laughs> And he's like, oh no, the sword has chosen a new champion. <laughs> um, somewhere off screen, Ed's talking with the principal. Like, I know, I know we said we wouldn't break anything. Listen, stuff happens. <laughs> uh, 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 question, or is he just running like a distraction detail? Like he's just like, oh, you know, see, they're just if they look in a different direction than where the stuff is broken, they you can't hear things that you see. You, you don't see, right? If you're not looking at it, you can't hear it. Are, are you high? <laughs> no. No. Would you like to be? I, no. God. Nah. <laughs> not today. Um. Anyways, no. But I was like, offering a distraction and or apology at the same time sounds about right. Lenara's hotboxing the van. <laughs> okay. Just like I'm not appropriate for children. That's that's the that's that's your Urban Dictionary reference for the week there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So okay. So Forrest Forrest has the sword in hand. And I think at this point, Forrest has to be aware that, like, there is some sleight of hand going on. So he's probably not going to actually stab this demon with the sword. Mm -hmm. But he's going to charge forward and sort of try and get as close as possible to looking like he has stabbed the demon. All right. uh, So Forrest walks over and I guess it's he has cottoned on to that. This is all kind of uh, a play act for his benefit. But as he walks over and like pretend stabs Blood Maw, Blood Maw says, no, like this (laughs) and kind of guides himself into the blade and deliberately lets himself be stabbed. Um, He's like, no, you have to sell it, kid like this. And he just starts. He pulls the blade in through his own guts and just starts like wiggling it around. Oh, my God. I think this is exactly what he did during the match with Katarina as well. Was he just like, what are you doing? Go deeper. I, I, Come on! I, I think the, he's the Terry Funk of uh, of monsters. I, I think <laughs> Forrest is equal parts terrified and also kind of like thinks this is really cool. So yeah, yeah, blood. That's like he's equal parts terrified and terrified. Um, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, this is a good callback because demons are immune to non-magic weapons, so he kind of has to deliberately want to be hurt by them for it to work, and this is, like, his specialty. So at a certain point, I think he just, like, kind of takes the sword from uh, Forrest, like, with his body as he, like, gets up from the merry-go-round, and he's, like, playing it up for the audience. He's like, Lo, I am struck down by a true <laughs> hero's light. Ugh. And he, like, drags it up through his tum, and there's, like, guts going everywhere. It's a oh demon. Oh, my God. He's fine. He's fine. He loves These it. These children aren't fine. They're fine. So, so you see, uh, Mr. Principal, um, 
We have evidence that shows that exposure to excessive violence at a younger <laughs> age leads to more balanced and stable adulthood, whereas holding back on this has led to just more uh, repressed thoughts <laughs> that explode in just terrible behavior for for contributing members of the society here. So, obviously, this is beneficial to everyone involved. As, as the sword is being plunged in, Frank is going to use his new cantrip, Prestidigitation, uh, to make some cool-looking glowing marks appear on the sword to make it look like it's like, oh, it's never looked like this before. It's it's, it's happening. The magic the sword. sword. Of power. The sword is magical. And then Blood Maw does his signature move, the thing that gave him his name, and with his like gaping stomach wound, uh, causes him to just vomit blood all over the windows oh, of the school the children on. are watching through. Yes. Jesus Christ, Blood Maw. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, I listen. You know, I've heard that a red exterior is actually the new hot thing for schools uh, in this current cycle. So a repaint, this kind of gets it partway done already. Um, and so he falls down. All the kids are screaming. <laughs> um, you actually know, I think he says this like on the ride back. But he's like, even if I was killed on this plane, I would just go back to the abyss and then I'd have to, you know, buy a ticket to get back. It's not a big deal. I can only be killed in the abyss. So that that is convenient for, for making a kid look like a cool murdering badass. Love to be killed in the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea Lenora just says that as she's lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just Only half listening. Yeah. So, so what is the response to, to dropping, to dropping this uh, unexpected charade on forest? <laughs> That's a good question. You rolled a 22 and a 23 to help with that. So, I mean, you crushed it. I think you'd be narratively justified in pretty much anything you want to do. How do you want to, how do you want to do this? Um, so kind of what I what I want to do is have uh, Frank collect up Reese and uh, Bloodmore Bloodmore's body and Forest and sort of go oh, right. Well, um, we've got to we've got to uh, get this body back to the uh, lab. Make sure that this uh, doesn't happen again. Uh, Forest, are you are you all right to uh, come with us and, and debrief everyone on uh, the situation? <laughs> do I- I got out of school early. Um, I I think that a hero like you probably uh, can can can. Uh, we'll we'll get you back to school tomorrow. Have fun in math, chodes. I'm out. <laughs> uh, so we all, all get into the back of the van and just go. So Forrest, told you I knew Rat Girl. <laughs> uh, how, how you doing? Who's the cool dad now? <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> I don't even know that I can add anything to that. I mean, he knows it was fake, but he also thought it was pretty awesome, and you did prove that you knew Rat Girl. So I think you win Father of the Year. Uh, That's basically the end of the campaign for Frank. <laughs> that wins. is honestly all I was hoping for. Is is win win over Forest. I I I hope that this is the turning point of hey. I did I did cool dad thing. <laughs> I I bought your love through d- deceit of of your fellow children. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey Forrest, do you want to touch an intestine? <laughs> Jesus. Lenora, Lenora, look. <laughs> no. Don't don't worry about him. He'll be fine. Um I'll never be able to eat a sausage again. Do not tell do not tell your other dad about this. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I do not think he would approve. I have to be honest, I'm surprised by how well the windows held up when you uh, did that finish there, Blood Ma. Otherwise, I would have been straight in the line of fire and gun blood all over the suit, but, you know. I have two sets of lungs, it's fine. I can. I have a backup one, ones can be full of blood. It's Wow, aren't you special? Two lungs, ooh. <laughs> Lenora's like, I want more lungs Lenora, are you jealous of his two lungs? <laughs> yes, I want two lungs Lenora's like, if I had two sets of lungs One could be inhaling THC And the other one could be breathing air at the same time <laughs> Yes, it's the ideal situation Alright, so Frank, uh, your son thinks you're uh, Cool Or as cool as anyone can think their dad is <laughs> um, And you guys have Successfully traumatized an entire school full of children. That Yay! ruled. <laughs> Heroes. Uh, who else has a level up and downtime they want to share with the audience? Me. Before we jump ahead, I just want to real quick say I go back the next day and I rebuild that wall for them then. Aww. <laughs> nice. What a good egg. Uh-huh. Uh, for my, I'm going to need some voice help, but I'll let you all know. Like this voice kind of help? Oh, jeez. Please, please, God. Maybe, actually. We'll see. <laughs> um, so one of the things I got was uh, I got a new otherworldly patron feature, and I get beguiling defenses, which means I'm, I'm immune to being charmed. Mm-hmm. So if anyone tries to charm me, I can use my reaction to turn the turn the charm back on them, and they have to do a wisdom saving throw to not be charmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also got some health. Yay. I'm healthier somehow. That's all the weed. Mm-hmm. And I got a cantrip called chill touch uh and i like a ghostly hand just grabs a guy and uh gives him necrotic damage and he can't regain hit points until the start of my next turn because the hand squeezes him oh <laughs> lenora stop squeezing people no oh, no not the squeeze the squeeze you're giving the squeeze you can't do that <laughs> please no squeeze 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 me okay i hope i hope you squeeze solomon to death so his final words can be <laughs> Please no squeeze. Please no squeeze. Please please no squeeze. An underrated band, by the way. Or, or, excuse me. And then he dies. Uh, Can can we end, like, can this thing just become, like, a terrible mid-90s sitcom by the end of it? We're just, like, a a live studio audience, like, laughing at, like, the death of an old man, you know? I don't know. Just saying... Oh, boy. Brutal corporatocracy? Cut that out. More like a corpsetocracy. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're all just yelling oh, over all right. each other. I don't know how this got like this, but here we are. Okay. Yeah. So, um, skip forward, I guess, later that night. It'd be at night. Uh, Lenora is at a fashion show. <gasps> as one does. Uh, with her girlfriend, Sarah. So, if somebody wants to voice Sarah, that'd be cool. Uh, her best friend Rosen. If somebody wants to voice Rosen, that'd be cool. Uh, the name of the fashion designer, based off a real designer. The real designer's name is Marco Marco, but I've decided he's a dog person, and his name is Barco Barco. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so I like fashion. The real Marco Marco actually designs like uh sexy underwear for buff gay dudes and like uh stagewear for pop singers. So that's what this is. So uh, <laughs> there's plenty of overlap there. So it makes sense for me to be there because I'm getting stage wear. Um, but Lenora's trying to schmooze and schmaltz because uh, she has a cool funding idea. So everybody places places people. Wait, do you need all four, of the, all three of the characters played? 
I need somebody to be Diego, and I need somebody to be Rosen. Okay, so so Rosen is just and somebody to be Sarah. So so what's my main motivation is Rosen? Uh, <laughs> uh, smoke weed every day. Okay. Yeah. That's basically all right. Eat, eat sandwiches. Eat pasta, ice cream. What else does my best friend like? Pasta uh, ice cream sounds pretty dope right now. I just gotta say. Oh, yeah, actually, that does sound like it could be good. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna be Diego because I think he has a plot relevant thing that he needs to do. He has a plot relevance. All right. You need a, a Barco Barco. Was it? Yeah. So he wants to be Barco Barco. I could be Barco Barco. I think I can do that. <laughs> I love the way you say Barco Barco. Barco Barco. <laughs> Sounds so good. And then I guess you're my girlfriend, Chris. Okay, you're not going to like it. No, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm fine either way. It's what Lauren's comfortable with. She has, to, she has to marry this decision. Just please don't do the fucking Mad Hatter voice. Why don't you want the Mad Hatter voice? Fine, I won't do it. <laughs> I like that glimpse into Chris's dating life. Every every at the start of every day is like, you're not gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> Just warning you now. Alright, so Oh god. Rosen, you remember how like I gave you a lot of money yeah. to like guard my parents? Uh-huh. And that didn't last that long, so there's like a lot of money left over. Uh-huh. Well, here's what I was thinking, and it kind of involves the rest of y'all too. It's a little group think here. Um, but I wanna do something positive. Other than spreading the love of weed. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean. Yeah, I know, but not everybody's into it or whatever. Um, but I was thinking we could use the rest of that money to maybe open in South Valentine, Valentine like a free or uh, sliding scale mental health clinic. What a great idea! <laughs> <laughs> thanks for wow, blowing thanks. out the mic, huh? <laughs> Sarah, you're so supportive and loud today. You know, that's actually a pretty good idea, but you sure you have enough money in that stowaway to, to fund the whole thing? That's where the rest of y'all come in. All right, Barco. Yes, yes. How can I help? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, darling? I, I know we had mentioned the idea before, um, and Sarah, I'm sure you remember this. We talked about having a a good guy wrestling duo, and I asked you to design the costumes. I've come up with a brilliant idea. Yes, fill me in, fill me in. We're glamorous psychiatrists. I'm sorry, can you, can, can you say that again without laughing in the middle of it? Also, these lights are really bright out here. We're going to be glamorous psychiatrists. So, me and Sarah will be Dr. Kicks and Dr. Meowvelis. It's kick time! But yeah, we'll we'll fight literal demons. So you're fighting your demons with the power of cognitive behavioral therapy and a well thought out prescription plan from your doctor. Oh, this is fabulous, darling! I love this idea. This is wonderful. <laughs> this kick is cognitive behavioral therapy. This one is EDM. Wait, no, that's music. What's the other one? EDMR. Wrong one. Also EDM. That's very in line with your character. Yes, uh, and we can use the proceeds if, Diego, you think you'd be willing to maybe get some tax breaks, donate to charity, and use some of the proceeds from our matches to help fund the clinic. What's a tax? Oh, yeah. Taxes, how do those work? <laughs> I was like, 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 yeah, listen to the camera, like, yeah, I never heard of those things before. 
Also, there's a lot of big words in there. That none of that's gonna fit on shirts or water bottles or sneakers. You shouldn't really put words on sneakers, but some people do it. We can be uh, like good brain. Oh, I love good brain. <laughs> I love to get that good brain. <laughs> yeah, let's get that good brain. We're team good brain. <laughs> um, isn't that like a, a like one of the names of the really really good like <laughs> one of those good strains of? Welcome to good brain. We can't keep talking over each other. I'm dying. Um, but yeah, I I figure we can use it. You look good because you're donating to charity. Uh, also, new wrestling gimmick. Um, and also it's just something I really care about. Because uh, I think my life would have been different. Uh, things seem to be okay-ish now. But I think my life would have been very really different if I had access to, you know, affordable or free mental health care services in my formative years. And so I'd like to help people who can't afford that get that. See, here's, 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 what, I'll say. here's what I'll say, darling. Uh, if I can put my name against something that's helping people's mental health... And obviously you're involved, and right now you're a you're a big old glowing star right now. Mm, yes. This seems like a good opportunity for me to get some good press in, so let me know how I can help. I am certainly willing to donate a little bit to help this happen, because, uh, well, any publicity of this nature is good publicity as far as I'm concerned. I was also hoping you could design our costumes. Oh, consider it done. Consider it done, dear. Um, so why don't you roll persuasion? I guess. <laughs> this, like, does, does Rosen have one or two pairs of sunglasses on because of the bright lights around here? 19! That's pretty good. Probably two pairs. Uh, two pairs and a hat. Diego says that, yeah, if you guys want to do some kind of brand deal, he's, he's open to that. You guys can use a, a percentage of the proceeds to, get, to do your business thing. He's, but, you know, you're still going to have to help pay... A percentage of that's still going to the Valentine Wrestling Federation. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hit your bottom line, but you know, just maybe like part of the proceeds, like a percentage or something. Now, if you guys are gonna be a new tag team, that means Spore is gonna be out of Sarah's old tag team. Do you guys have an idea for his new gimmick? Um, does he wanna be cute or evil? Because he's really <laughs> cute, so I feel like uh-huh. He could be like the Woodland Friends, and it's like him and like a a bear or something. Oh no, we already have a bear. Are you saying the spore is gonna team up with Bird and they're gonna be the Woodland Friends? Yes. <laughs> and they fight they fight the mean businessman. Well, we can't do that. <laughs> okay. The mean logger and uh the a guy dressed like a barrel of toxic waste. What is this, Captain Planet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't expect the Woodland Friends. I just came up with it. I was going to say, alternatively, we could have that a big, uh, like a pirate crew shows up and he decides to stow away on the bottom, maybe change his name to something like Slimefoot or something like that, and just becomes like a part of the crew and then joins up along with them on their adventures in some far off place. I don't know. It could be whatever we call it later, but uh, like Shmominaria or something like that. <laughs> I did enjoy the reference. Thank you. Thank you. Was that just for me? <laughs> it's exclusively for you. I didn't you. get it. I'm very confused. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> this is a very stupid show. Um, all right. So do you guys have anything else you want to do here? So uh, to, do you want to recap, Lenora? There was a lot of new concepts thrown at this scene. All right. Going to open a new mental health clinic for those who can't afford, who have no health insurance. Big mood. 
I'm going to use the money I got from Aaron. Fuck that guy. And Sarah and I are going to be team good brain now, I guess. Okay, so I want to clarify. I when I said earlier, oh, I love the the phrase "good brain." That is that is a joke because <laughs> are we not aware of what that means? Is am I the only one with the double entendre here? <laughs> yes. Okay, um, that's is it. No, is it a bad thing? No, I mean we're not going to say it out loud on the recording, but <gasps> is it sucking dick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if all else fails, assume that it means sucking dick. I I literally just googled it. I'm like. Oh, yeah, that's sucking dick. Oh. So I like that in the middle of that conversation about mental health, Diego was like, <laughs> mm, suck I dick. like it in my dick, so that's great. <laughs> he thought that's what we were talking about. <laughs> because Austin thought that's what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> Such a <laughs> apropos of- <laughs> Lauren said team good brain and Austin was like yeah I like good brain and nobody reacted so I wasn't sure if you guys didn't think I was funny or if you just didn't know anyway I did not know okay well we're workshopping the name I love that that's in universe now that Diego was just you in that situation and then later on he's like did nobody get the name <laughs> Yes, okay, so your mental health clinic is called Good Brain, and (laughs) your team Good Brain. Please. Um, That's not the stupidest thing that's ever happened to wrestling, so. No, not at all. Yeah, no. RoboCop once came out to save Sting. Wait, what about Sting? Not 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 that sting the the wrestler sting not the other sting. Oh, I was like, what is Sting from the police doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. Only a couple celebrities are involved with WWE, like WCW champion David Arquette. <laughs> All right, so that is what uh, Lenore is going to do with her newfound power and delegated authority within hospitality. Is you're just going to be you're going to spearhead a, a series of clinics? Yes. And obviously free services to all hospitality employees because working in the hospitality industry is very hard and mentally taxing. Mm-hmm. That'll also probably help the moles who may not agree with your new leadership. Yeah, I love those. Why? I love them. Don't they know? I'm sure some of them like you. It's just, listen. I'm just going to put a poster and say, hey, moles, I love you. <laughs> you just start taking out billboards. <laughs> Dear moles, I love you. <laughs> just me like finger guns. Hey, moles, you're great. Nice. Um, this is also a good time to mention that there will be consequences for the negotiations last episode. So good and bad that will be, uh, explored over the rest of this season. Um, there's a lot of different ways this could have shaken out. So if we had been on, say the civil war route, as it were, then like the branches you have control over would be your troops and the ones that you don't control would be your enemy we're not on the civil war route if you guys were doing some kind of like subterfuge uh coup if you guys were like working for nucky or something then you'd have uh access to those branches for like sabotage or you know espionage the the route you guys are on is basically the game you're you're trying to win the game you're you know you're basically playing by the rules to take it over uh using the same tools that your enemies are using. So you get the benefits of the companies that you are managing. For example, uh, you guys got manufacturing. So the first bonus you all get, and you put this in like your traits box, um, manufacturing uh, bonus colon uh, advanced armor plus one to AC. Sweet. Ooh. Hot dog. Hot diggity. So there will be more pluses and minuses as the the fallout from that decision (laughs) last episode. But the first one is that you guys uh, have access to uh, experimental uh, manufacturing processes. And now you all have advanced armor. So that's that's a cool thing. So, Lenora, you're going to use 
hospitality to make people's lives easier. Manufacturing's got you guys armor. Uh, what else is happening? So Reese is now level 10. And with level 10, there's a couple small things you get. You get a bonus to Song of Rest, just basically upgrades. And you also get expertise, which allows you to pick two skills. And you basically double your proficiency bonus for those. Uh, for that, I'm taking uh, Persuasion and Investigation. I'm going to go with those two. Uh, and then you get a fifth level spell slot and an extra spell. And for my extra fifth level spell, I've taken Animate Objects, which basically lets me turn everything around me into a Disney cartoon and give it life and have all sorts of wackiness go on there. Oh my god, it's the brave little toaster! Yeah, basically. So, for Reese's level up, and uh, I'm sorry everybody for the mood whip flash, Reese has uh, gone and gotten in touch with Alexander LeVay and has reached out to him to conduct a interview that she hopes will be eventually released as we're preparing to do this final sort of uh, march on to find Solomon. And the general idea behind it is it's going to be sort of a tell-all interview about everything that's been happening. Mm-hmm. So where, do you, where does this take place? Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. <laughs> um, that's very appropriate. Now, uh, I think I believe his name's Charles Entertainment Cheese. Mm, Please, he's a man now. <laughs> he's an adult. Uh, let's go with... Try to think of a place we haven't been to in a while. That would be... I can't think of one, so it's a Chuck E. Cheese then. <laughs> I mean, from off the top of my head, I think the most dramatic place would be the Supreme Court, where everything went down. Yeah, I guess we could do it there. Yeah, it's being closed off, the damaged courtroom. Where I mean, Chuck E. Cheese is... On that same level, but I suppose this one's a little bit more thematically relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Alexander LeVay sets up his, you know, camera. Probably has a cameraman help him set it up. But then he has asks that guy to leave. This area is uh, roped off. You have the authority and administration to keep people away from the scene. But there's like scorch marks and, you know, part of the, the benches are blown away. And there's like shrapnel in, in the wall still. They haven't like fixed all of this stuff stuff up yet and you're like set he set up a chair um he sets up one across from you he's dressed very nicely if you remember alex is like uh just a dangerously attractive man <laughs> and he's like sitting there with his fingers steepled uh for this you say an interview is kind of like a documentary maybe that he's going to release or is it just going to be like this unedited raw interview or do you want him to like propaganda it up reese is going to say that she wants to have her story told and she knows that if she just tried to release it naturally, Solomon would probably have a way to get it taken down before anyone saw it. So she's giving that power to someone she believes is a, a worthwhile investigative journalist. So, yeah, he'll be releasing it like when you guys take care of Solomon to the masses to explain what you're doing mm. as you basically pull uh, a, a coup and seize control. Once you have, once you have 50 percent. Uh, nobody can stop you from enacting the reforms. You can't really be kicked out of administration. You kind of are uh, taking things over. So that that's a good point to release your explanation to the public. So do you want to start or do you want him to ask you a question? Uh, well, my my start would just be awkward. Like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> 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 Which probably isn't a great opening for a documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's going very well, Miss Hickenbottom. Can I call you Reese? Yeah, I mean, that's what everyone else calls me. No one calls me Hickenbottom. It's a kind of silly sounding last name. <laughs> if I had a choice, I had to make gone with something simpler like Michaels or something like that. <laughs> uh, wrestling jokes. Um, all right. Uh, so, Reese, can you tell 
the people of Valentine, what revolution means to you? Uh, that's a good question. I wasn't really thinking about what revolution was when this all began. And once I got roped up into it, I just couldn't really stomach knowing what I knew about the government at that time. And I thought that the people needed to know what was happening and, and prevent it. I mean, I guess it means just stopping people who are doing bad things from being able to do them without sort of any pause. Now, you've been adamant that you were not following in the footsteps of Katerina Brooks, who murdered many high-level Crown executives. What would you say is the reason for your more pacifist approach, and are you worried at all that it will be less effective? Well, I guess I don't want to do it the way Katerina did, because I was there watching as she was dying on the floor and set up a grenade to try to blow all of us up, including me. So if that's the way that path ends, then I want nothing to do with that. I don't know if this will be more or less successful than Kat's way of doing it, but it's the way that feels right for me. And maybe that's all that really matters at this point. I don't know. I just, I have to do what feels right. Are you aware that there has never been a successful revolution of this size without violence? For comparison, uh, the revolts against the Mind Flayers, the Illithage, which, which enslaved the Gith, the Kuatoa, and the Dwerger, uh, were only resolved after widespread bloodshed and purges of entire Mind Flayer colonies. Yeah, and I did a little research on my end as well. It sounds as though a bloodless revolution's pretty hard, but... In that same way, I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure that this revolution is as bloodless as possible. Even if it's inevitable that it won't be, I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure that it is, if that makes sense. Maybe it's sort of a futile goal, but you know, I'm doing this because I don't want to see any more people hurt anymore. I've, I've had to watch people die, and I'm just really, really tired of that. The whole world saw you kill the Warforged Ash uh, in that viral video in defense of your friend. Do you feel that such a public display of violence undermines your message or your peaceful uh, conduct otherwise throughout all these events? I wanted to save him. I only did it to protect my friend, and then I was going to try to heal him, but he didn't want me to. And he sort of made that decision for himself. Have I mentioned I'm really tired of all this? <laughs> um, if you're so tired, why take such an active role? Couldn't somebody else step up? I mean, what do you see as your future? After you take over Crown, won't you be forced into a position of leadership, much like the people you overthrew? I don't know, but... I know that this city, I'll try not to make this a fucking daredevil speech right now. This city needs us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I think what I'm doing and what we're all doing will hopefully make this city a better place. And hopefully afterwards, smarter people than me are around to figure out how to best fix all these problems. I just, I like superheroes and 
making people feel better. So I did those two things to try to help. And I don't know, people found that inspiring. But uh, you really don't want someone like me leading your government because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so you'd say even though you were inspired by other heroes and many people find you inspiring, you, you don't want people to emulate you or hold you up as an example to follow? No, I mean, I've been a part of some bad things all through a part of this. A lot of it I didn't really have a choice in, but I guess humans are always going to be flawed, so we really shouldn't be the ones that you look to as, as perfect examples of anything. Except for Phil Collins, he is the perfect drummer. But outside of him, <laughs> like you shouldn't look to anybody like they're perfect. It's a good thing you're not human then. Breaking, Reese, the elf supremacist. <laughs> Humans shouldn't be in charge, says racist. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex just says, um, so this will be airing after administration has seized control of the Crown Corporation and Valentine in general. Uh, what do you plan on doing with Solomon to make that happen? Ideally, I'd want to see him arrested and brought to justice for the crimes he's committed. What crimes has he committed? I mean, you're out of character. Have I already told him everything about the game, or can I assume I have to explain it all here? I'd say it's an open secret. Like, people in the know know, but I would argue that it's not, nothing they're doing is really criminal. Or if it is, they can just change the laws to make it not criminal. Okay. So she'll say, I mean, he's committed blackmail. He's committed, you know, murder. He's done a lot of bad things to a lot of people and threatened their family and their livelihood. He's used his power and influence to keep people oppressed. He has predictive algorithms set up to try to predict what everyone will do so he can keep people as oppressed as possible. I mean... Do you have proof of any of these allegations? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any proof that you think would hold up in court? We do run the courts. <laughs> I mean, we we are the court, aren't we? <laughs> are you saying that you would use the power of the administrative branch to not give Solomon a fair trial if he were brought to court? No, I mean, the whole point of this is fairness, but I mean, we're going to stop him from being able to do what he's doing to all these people. By... I told you, I'm not a smart person. I'm not the person who should be leading anything. I just, the one else is stepping up. That's off the record, right? That part is off the record. <laughs> you seem frustrated with the fact that all of this falls on you, that so many people are complacent. Do you think that maybe what you're doing isn't what people want? If people wanted change and revolution, why aren't they here? Why aren't they in the streets? Out of character, is it Perhaps because the system doesn't really give people the time and ability to be in the streets. And energy. There's something to... If, if you're having to work multiple jobs just to stay afloat, you don't really have time or energy to dedicate to going out on the streets and trying to change things. You're just trying to stay afloat. That is part of the objectively true answer, yes. Uh, Reese will say, well, I mean... I wasn't really part of anything, too, until I got dragged into it. I was sort of the same as a lot of people, where maybe you were consciously aware that bad things were happening, but you weren't doing anything to step in to stop it. But once I kind of got forced into being part of the game and everything like that, I mean, 
It wasn't really a choice, you know. That was kind of life at that point. I guess if people find me inspiring, then they can place some faith in an ideal future that I can create that's in everybody's best interests and that we can create. Now, we're taping this in anticipation of your successful takeover. As a last question, do you have any message for the people who are going to watch this in the event that you do not succeed, whether you are killed in action or stopped in some way? Perhaps this is being played as evidence at your trial for treason? I hadn't thought that would be what this is for. Well, that makes sense. Um, I guess if that happens, then I'm sorry. I wasn't good enough. Um, but I tried my best to make Valentine a, a better place for everybody. And, um, you know, keep fighting the good fight, right? <laughs> yeah, fa fast forward to your trial. I'm totally innocent. Keep fighting the good fight. Oops. <laughs> what I meant was, ooh, yikes. What um, I meant was, the system's great. <laughs> Solomon's so handsome. He's mm -hmm. so handsome. All right. So the last, uh, probably the last foot footage of that that gets used is, I'm sorry, I wasn't good enough because every scene with Reese has to be heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, I do want to say something to Alex, though, mm -hmm. like so off camera and everything like that. And Reese is just going to say, so what do you think about all this? Do you think what we're doing is is right or smart or anything good? <laughs> <laughs> anything good. I need validation in my life, please. It's hard to say. I have a pretty good job. I'm my family's fed. Being complicit with the administration has benefits, but uh, not everyone's so lucky. So all I know is there's enough food that no one has to go hungry. There are enough houses that no one needs to be homeless. There's enough medicine that nobody needs to be sick. And yet, all of those evils still exist. So it has to be a choice. And so far, nobody is making the choice to make things better except for you. So I guess that makes you braver than I will ever be. Well, thank you. Let me give a hug. <laughs> you smell like pretty. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason Frank was into him. <laughs> Ode to anime. A scent from Inuyasha. Ah, <laughs> uh, so show my husband. All right. So we have one final level up and downtime scene. Okay, uh, for Ed's 10th level overall, uh, he took a third level in Ranger, um, which, since I'm using the revised Ranger stuff, gives two basic things. One is primeval awareness, which is a little bit tweaked from the original one. The most important part has nothing to do with hunting favorite enemies and stuff. What matters is gaining the innate ability to communicate simple simple uh, ideas to beasts naturally and be able to infer simple ideas, emotional states, and otherwise from beasts, which means more optimal time with Marty when necessary. So that's always good. Optimal cat time. He went with the Horizon Walker uh, archetype for Ranger, which gives him a few benefits. Let me just go ahead and list off a few real quick here. He gains extra magic in the form of the spell protection from evil and good, along with picking up the spell absorb element. 
He can, once per short rest, use his action to detect the nearest planar portal within one mile of himself, which is always fun. And once uh, while in a fight, he can use a bonus action to choose a creature, and when they hit them for the first time, afterwards, they uh, all the damage becomes force damage, and he does a bonus bit of damage to that target. So that's kind of the breakdown of all the things that happened to Ed for his level. As for what he's doing, um, well, the most there's a couple of things he's they're they're probably taking care of it administration otherwise, but the main thing that he's doing is and I'm not sure if anyone else is gonna be going with him, is returning the Sephirot back to Aaron. Primarily because as kind of demonstrated by having it out and about in Valentine, it is Unfortunately, a bit too potent and dangerous of an item to have just an easy access to a lot of people. He, he, he will either by himself or with somebody from administration driving him make the trek all the way out to Aaron Aeronautics to, to meet up for the delivery and for a almost a bit of a debriefing with Aaron. So one sort of question I, I, I feel like Frank would have about this is... Is Ed looking to get anything specific out of Aaron in exchange for this? Because as far as we're aware, Aaron is still tracking all of us and everything we say. Which is, you know, not a great thing, for example. That might be part of the conversation. There's a different thing that Ed doesn't want, really, but Mardis does with respect to going to Aaron uh, with this stuff in tow. So let's establish. Does anybody go with? I'll go if, if nobody else wants to. I'm I'm also happy to go if wanted. I, I also but... made quite a statement last time. I'm like, fuck you, Aaron Aeronautics. I'll go. Group group road trip. I'm just coming for the lulls. Screw it, yeah, group road trip. All right, so you say to the group, hey, I want to go talk to Aaron. Um, and when you say that, you get a text uh, from Aaron, Ed, because you said uh, his name out loud. Yep. And it, it's just GPS coordinates. Of course, because that's the way he'd want to do it anyway. Yeah, it'd be really, <sighs> all right. be really nice if we could get rid of this whole uh, being listened to thing. And yes, I'm talking to you, Aaron. I mean, yeah, I mean, literally us talking right now would be us expressing that want to him. But I suspect at the very least, not until the Sephiroth is at least back in his possession. Am I right? <laughs> he, he does not answer. <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. Who's driving? I uh, just want to make a driving roll. Uh, can I do double proficiency on it? Can I say my expertise is in an investigation, but in driving instead? Uh, I'm pulling an actual card. You can't, because bardic expertise does not apply to tools, only to skills. Aw, bardic expertise is stupid. <laughs> 21! I'm a great driver! Reese does a flip <laughs> in that loser mobile. <laughs> She gets stunt points. Oh, wait, hold on. Can we, like, we meet somebody who's, like, kind of cool on the road and we're driving alongside and then the scene from Fast and the Furious comes up and we drive off in opposite directions as Sam Smith plays in the background or Charlie Puth, whoever it was. I don't remember. I don't care. It's a garbage song. Um, so, actually, where you're going, the GPS coordinates are out into the middle of the Valentine Desert. Oh my god, why is he always in the desert? It's so hot. <laughs> so if you'll remember, the, the city of Valentine is kind of at the edge, at the border near Lion Hill. But he's going, telling you to go in the other direction, it's like the, the smack dab in the center of the desert. So you guys drive out there. Reese does a flip off a hill. It, uh, it recharges your boost gauge. <laughs> so that's how it works. Uh, 
It's like uh, burnout then. Yeah, exactly. It's 100% burnout. Uh, you get a point multiplier. It's going to be sick. We're going to go into crash mode next episode. Um, so you guys see, you see uh, in the distance quite a while before you get there, there's something out here. And as you get closer, it becomes clear that there is a giant uh, mechanical installation. Um, if you'll recall in his lab in Lion Hill, there was a, a, a computer system he had set up called the Einsoft, mm. which is basically like a computer tower with all kinds of cords on it. And uh, the containment units that kind of made, gave it the illusion of being kind of like a metallic tree. Um, it's th- it appears to be a very, very big version of that. If if the Einsoft in his lab was the size of like a Christmas tree, this thing is like three stories tall. Great. Um and it's just like, it's creepy because it's the middle of this vast, empty stretch of desert, just red sand in all directions. And there's this towering black metal tree out here made out of computer parts. And he's it's, like, this is my desert now. <laughs> and he has set this up. Also, if you'll recall, um, he's been doing something off screen like half the season. He said to Katarina before she died, he had an experiment to do. And then he asked, he offered to let you guys in on it. Reese said no, but he's been doing stuff off screen the whole time. So now, you know, um, there's a whole other campaign where you guys like accept Solomon's offer and you work for him and you know, all kinds of other shit and you don't know all the shit you do know. It's, it's crazy how much, uh, different different roads not taken are, are going on here, but that's what you guys see as you approach it. Uh, there's Aaron and he has some, um, some little robot drones and stuff, which are helping with the installation, but there doesn't appear to be any other, uh, sapient people out here with him. And it's the middle of the day, just hot as balls. He's in just like a, a thin robe. And he's, it's, you know, just working on this metal tree thing. Then I release George so he can have a play date with the other drones. <laughs> Beep boop friends! They're like, we are doing work. <laughs> we are committed to the work. We must labor. <laughs> Beep boop, I want to play. We do not play. Aww. Get to work, drone. Beep boop, No. <laughs> hello george <laughs> uh so that's happening uh, as you guys approach aaron's like wonderful to see you team loser it's been uh quite a while sup i'm sure that your data collection has resulted in some interesting conclusions based on all of this invaluable conclusions and quite a few oddities have you uh decided on a name for the hella family gun that you acquired despite the fact that you are the man who shot General Heller in the throat, not his savior. No snitching. Of course, never. You know what they say about snitches. They take over the government of the, com- the country they live in? Yeah. The working name that we chose is Coda, as we feel that this is the closing passage to hopefully the main conflict that has been uh, hovering over Valentine as a result of everything. Clever, musical notation. I love it. I tend to go mythological myself, as you can uh, see from my grand designs, if you will. Your spooky metal tree? (laughs) Do you find it spooky? I find it uh, beautiful. Well, I mean, it's not not beautiful, but beautiful things can be spooky. (laughs) Too right, Lenora, too right. Yeah. So what brings you all the way out here? In part, it's to return the Sephiroth that was taken by Ash. Because despite the utility for you to get information from more people making contact with it, I think that the risks of having it 
out in the open are a bit too high for it to be so easily accessible. Yes, I believe I have all the research data necessary to pull off this grand experiment, so I do not require it to be loose anymore, although it served its other purpose swimmingly, perfectly even, just as Ash planned. I have a suspicion that your conclusion has to do with making a more clear and direct contact with the plane of forms, doesn't it? You mean my, the experiment I'm working on now? Yes. Something akin. Not quite, but in the neighborhood, I... Well, I don't want to spoil the surprise. It will be ready any day. I'm actually planning it to coincide with the, uh, the sandstorm that's rolling in. Gonna hide my results from spy satellites and such forth. Don't want anybody else hoving in on my, my data just as I've finally gotten around to collecting it. In general, I find the whole idea of these... The conduit powers be fascinating, but there's always a deep flaw with them, from my understanding of the various forms. I'm pretty sure you understand the main flaw with them as well. I am all ears. The forms themselves are beholden to no one's interpretations. They just exist. The conduit powers, as they behave, are manifestations of one's interpretation of those concepts. And therefore, they're inherently tainted from the perfection of the forms. Hmm. Too right. In my research, I have discovered that a number of forms have crossed over to this world before, and their manifestations always strip them of some of their purity. They become more personified, if you if you'd mm. like. Oh, I'm I'm fully aware of this, as you know. If you know a bit more about my time, I was witness to those who had interacted with such a form in indirect person. So there always was going to be some degree of deviation from that ideal. It makes some people, I believe, question whether it is possible to actually experience these different forms in a direct manner in the purity of it. Modest, have you ever heard of the Gnostics? Breadsticks? I'm trying to think off if I know it. Yeah, but I mean, the Gnostics are a real thing. If you open up your player's handbook, flip to the back, you'll see that like the Norse gods, the Egyptian right. gods, the Greek gods are all real in D and D. So this is this is a real life thing that yeah. Aaron is implying exists in this world as well. Right. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm just pulling my Wikipedia entry on Gnosticism as. <laughs> you can say no, and I'll explain it to everyone. No, no, no. I'm, I was pulling it on the side for me while. Uh huh. Well, Mardis will respond fairly, but it's been a while since I've been a researcher of my own, so feel free to explain how it relates to this conversation. <laughs> well, the Gnostics believed that the gods that all the people worshipped were flawed, uh, corrupted by the material world, no better than powerful sorcerers, and above them were, were more powerful beings, what they called the monad. Uh, we, of course, know now that those were the forms, not gods, but pure pure being. Uh, but they also believed that all material life existed only to achieve that transcendental state, to gain divine knowledge or gnosis. That's where the name Gnosticism comes from. Now, that knowledge does not have to be literal. It's not facts in your mind. It could be a state of being. Uh, so what some religions would call nirvana, samsara, uh, any, any of those sort of states. And that purity, to my knowledge, has never before been achieved 
until you, Modus. And I take it you're trying to achieve the same? It is possibly, maybe even probably, the end goal of all life to achieve such a state, but I am studying currently the effect of bringing the pure into the material. My question to you now is, why are you still so modest? Why have you not changed in the way fire changes from the form of fire itself to the butane ladder? Why are you still perfectly you and not mundane and corrupted by this world? Why you got to pull a question like that on me, man? Mm-hmm. Why you got to do that? So I'm not looking for an answer. Uh, <laughs> theologians are have been discussing that for the last several thousand years. It's 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 one of those things where like, hmm, did we ever establish out of care out of, out of like design wise why <laughs> right why? Yeah, I don't think anybody knows. This is a good question. Well, well, I think part of the problem with an answer is how can you know what is the purest form? Of me. That is what I intend to find out through this experiment. Would you care to explain a little bit further? (laughs) I already offered you and your team an opportunity to take part, and you declined me, so I have explored other opportunities and alternatives. You are invited to take part when it begins, but I have already gone past the phases in which you may have been helpful. Oops. I will take the Sephiroth back from you. Your, your consideration in keeping your city safe is admirable, and I believe you would all be much more comfortable if I ended your surveillance. Thank you all very much for the data, and I release you. <laughs> he, like, he actually does chuckle. He's just like, you're free. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> Did you hear that, George? We're free. Beep boop freedom. Oh, I can finally let out that part I've been holding on to for months. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, Aaron says uh, my experiment will begin uh, once the sandstorm descends upon the Valentine Desert until that point uh, you may go about your business you're free to come back when it begins but let let me just say I am truly indebted to all of your assistance you had no cause to help me and you did Uh, true after some negotiations but you deserved payment and you got it and uh I'm glad that we all could help each other. Some people don't understand. Special people like us who go the extra mile, who forge ahead, forge the paths, explore other worlds. The innovators. You all are innovators. Inspirational corporate speak aside, um, (laughs) I also had another thing I wanted to mention for the time being until perhaps I return to see how this experiment of yours resolves itself, Aaron. Mm. I remember you asking myself and Ed when we first met what we deserved. And while I'm still not entirely certain of myself, I think it's sometimes easier to speak about what someone else deserves than oneself. And I think my interactions with, with Ed have been key in providing him the opportunity to act and be more of an independent agent in life. And I think that both he, as well as all the Forge, deserve that opportunity and potential to be their own independent agents. 
I don't know if that means that eventually I might have to part ways from Ed to provide him his own vessel by himself or if something else might happen. But I suppose to answer your question from when we first met, that's at least what I think Ed deserves. And I think that you would agree, wouldn't you? If only we could all be so lucky as Ed to have such a powerful influence in our lives. I envy him, truly. If he wishes to forge ahead on his own path, I find that most interesting because I've spent all my life in search of something like Modus, some shard of the divine, and to relinquish it so willingly, quite curious. This would be as much about Ed wanting to part with me and me wanting to part with Ed and provide him the independence. Hmm. But we can save that, perhaps, for another day. Maybe uh, call it a sandstorm check, if you will. (laughs) It is a date. We shall all rejoin and rejoice here in the desert. Clear calendars. Pretty sure we can work it into the schedule, but for now we got some plans to put into motion, as you probably know. (laughs) Yes, I believe, as I alluded to earlier, (laughs) Ash was right about everything, wasn't he? Well, we're making the best of the situation that was set up by him, and in part, trying to see some of his ideals put through as properly as they should be. So for the time being, though, Aaron, I hope to see you soon, and... I hope for the best for your experiments here. You know, and then Mardis offers his hand. Yeah, uh, I mean, Aaron shakes it and like very firmly and like maybe a little too engaged. Like there's a there's a certain um, detachment for the way he treats most people. Mm-hmm. Like he'll he just rips people's heads up, clean off their bodies without a second thought. Like they're not even people to him. But he treats Mardis like an equal in a way he doesn't treat anyone else. Mm hmm. Does anybody else, what are you guys all doing during this when him and Mardis are talking about f- fucking nerd-ass philosophy shit? Fidget spinner. If you want to, like, <clears throat> dunk on that nerd-ass philosophy shit in the car on the way back, too, that is also a valid choice. I'd like to think George and Lenora go back to the car and put Sandstorm by Derude on her people <laughs> while they once. Yeah, that's fair. Just like, I heard the word Sandstorm too many times. Frank's actually going to go do something quickly. Uh, he's going to go find Lenora, who's, uh, did you say, smoking in the van. And listening to Sandstorm by Derude. Okay, so... I'll be in the background. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Frank has caught wind of what Lenora's sort of planning going forward, and Frank's just going to go and very quickly be like, uh, oh, I know this is a bit of a... Bit of an awkward, uh, slightly awkward one. When you've got those uh, mental health places sorted, any chance I can get a bit of help with my gambling stuff? Yeah, of course. That's actually a uh, part of what inspired me. Not your gambling. No, I, I, addiction in general. I know, I get it. Like we, we, we talked about this a while back. I can't remember when we talked about it, but... There's a bit of me that still hopes I can end up eventually being the sort of person that can then uh, end up back with Alex, maybe. And I don't know, dealing with dealing with my addiction stuff seems like a good place to start. So yeah, as soon as we got one open, I'll go with you. I'll help you sign up. 
Okay, well, this has been awkward. I'll leave you to it. Enjoy your smoking. Just want to throw that one out there. You don't want to come jam with me? <laughs> okay, okay. Pass, pass me a smoke over. I'll, I'll do with you. Okay. I would real quick like to ask something to um, Aaron. Please. And Reese is going to say, so... Uh, you, when last time we were here, you confirmed that Katarina was dead. You sent your condolences, but you've been able to track her vitals. Has anything sort of strange happened with that? Because there's definitely someone using her body at the very least over in Valentine to commit crimes. I can say with about 99% confidence, you know, there's always a margin of error in science, but I can say with almost... It's total certainty that Katarina Brooks is dead. I was monitoring her vitals at the time of the incident at the Supreme Court. And uh, several hours after that grenade went off, uh, she flatlined and was no more. Is there any activity in them now if you looked? I have not looked, but I imagine my, my system would have pinged me if the dead rose. So once again, I can say nothing is impossible, but I would bet all my fortune... <laughs> And all of my considerable achievements on the fact that she has not re- rejoined the living. Um, hey, also, didn't Katarina give you Project Eternity? Did you ever do anything with that? Katarina did uh, say to me that I was allowed to take things. I, it, it was, of course, not her legal right to do so. She, did, she was not the owner of anything at Fort Splendor, so did not have title to transfer to me. But I, I, I did take some time to extract some data, some valuable data from uh, the systems there before sabotaging them. Um, But I I do not currently occupy the military base of a foreign nation. As a head of state myself, that would be an act of war. Yeah, such a hard-on for data. (laughs) Data is the building block of knowledge. Knowledge is divine. Divine gnosis, the most important the data thing. Data burner out of here. <laughs> that is the most important thing we can aspire to in this material world. Having a data boner is that is that <laughs> what you're alluding to there? I love my data boner. <laughs> <laughs> love to be engorged with science. <laughs> Please make that the title. Love to be rigid with knowledge. See, now you're just trying too hard to come up with episode titles here, okay? It's, we already decided it was, uh, it was like Squeeze Me or Please a Squeeze. <laughs> that, that's, pre- that's pretty good, Please too. Please Squeeze. Um, does anybody else have any questions? This is a very important character. Fuck that guy. All right. I mean, well, Bye. I mean, like, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of <laughs> other characters, uh, uh, other questions that. Uh, I have questions. How dare you? Who gave you the right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. In this economy? That should be a good third In one. This economy? Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I don't know what to ask him other than like, what are you doing? Can you tell us what you're up to? I'm bad with subtext. I mean, he already kind of did. He's just he's continuing his form experiments on the, the difference between the material world and the world of forms, the, mm-hmm. the nature of divine knowledge and, you know, all that. Um, out of curiosity, uh, for funsies, I'm going to I'm going to be the first one to use uh, a completely random new ability and um, Ed slash Martis are going to tap into their detect uh, portal ability and do they detect a planar portal within a mile radius of themselves? Uh, nope. Okay, just checking. Mm-hmm. You can never be too sure. They're sneaky. 
they, they'll, they'll sneak up on you. That's right. All right. So you guys want to head back to Valentine and debrief? Mm, sounds good. Unless anyone wants to, like, you know, complain at Ed or Mardis about anything they did, which is valid. That's always a good valid point to do. Yeah, Aaron's not tracking them anymore. Frank's good. Yeah. <laughs> I love the priorities. Team priorities. All right. So you guys head back to Valentine, uh, go back into one of the administrative buildings, get some air conditioning on you. Just please, my fur. Lay down in front of the vents. Um, Blood Maw's here. He has like a stack of printouts. He has like a he made a wall with like registering, and he's uh he's ready to tell you guys where Solomon is. I love our new clerical boy. We worked out. All right. So first of all, yes, these professor types are are a bunch of nerds, and I hate them. Can we all agree? <laughs> they all have different theories, and they all have diff- different names for everything. It's like learning a whole other language. Uh-huh. It sucks, and I hate them. That's why there's differences in professions, though. So, Okay, so first, um, you guys are trying to find churches for a religion that was founded after the gods died. That doesn't make any fucking sense. You do realize you don't build churches after the gods are dead, correct? You don't know me. Rationally, you wouldn't, but people aren't always rational, so... It's very hot. People don't think good when it's so hot. There are 500 papers in here, and each paper has a different name for this group. They're not a cohesive faith. They're not a religion. They don't... Is this some sort of gestalt faith of sorts, where it's just sort of a collection of beliefs that are tied to individuals, but not... With a very clear doctrine, is that? It's the opposite, or here's what happened, okay? The story is, once upon a time, there were gods. There was a lizard folk god, Semuanya. He made lizard folks. They all believed in nothing more than surviving. It was very important to them to survive, which, now that you think about it, is a pretty good priority to have if you're going to have one. And then they all started dying, all the gods. But the god of survival died last. The way it works is the oldest gods died first as inertia caught up to them and the youngest gods died last, except for the god of survival who had the power of surviving, (laughs) obviously. And with his last act, he did something. And it's the story that's told in a lot of these papers, but everyone has a different version and they all have different names. Have you guys seen the painting that was in... Mary's place, the orphans of Semuanya. It's like this event when he died and he like passed on the leadership to this St. Luna guy. Yeah, she 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 gave me a tour. <laughs> was that wink wink. Was that innuendo? <laughs> Everything is innuendo. Lenora, you're a cat. Are you dating a snake and a bird? <laughs> I guess I am. Did you plan that? <laughs> no. Okay, anyway, long story short, uh, this isn't a new religion. None of the names you've heard are right. None of the beliefs you've heard are right. These are just lizard folk, and they're just carrying on the teachings of their old god. That's tight. Is it? I don't know. I don't know what else to say. You're, you're looking for churches of Semuanya, the lizard folk god. Okay, where they be? Well, Valentine wasn't built until after the gods died, because that's when the Warforged Wars started, and they were, you know, uh, many of them were abandoned in the desert to build it. So are they in the desert? 
Yeah. So, so you're saying that the church is not in Valentine, but outside of Valentine proper. No, it's so hot. The Valentine Desert is 1,305 miles across. For Laura, that's 2,100 kilometers. And how much of that is owned by, I don't know, Solomon Luna? I mean, it's all owned by Crown because it's their country. But all of it, I guess, is the answer to your question. Yeah, there's information that I don't think I know of in character, but... It's just the origin story of the city told in episode one. Jeez. Uh, Is it underground? There we go. I know stuff! The lizard folk came up to eat bugs and stuff, and then it got too hot and they go underground. They didn't build permanent settlements above ground. Oh, big man. Whatever churches are underground in the old lizard folk villages that predate the city, what archaeologists call Old Valentine. So this is something we could theoretically maybe reach using the old tunnels? Yes, but where would you even start? We'd have to search all of the tunnels under the desert. That's a lot of tunnels. There's 900,000 square miles of Valentine Desert. We can't search it all. Yeah, well, like, is it underneath New Valentine? Did we just build on top of it, essentially? And that's why no one looks for it? Because why would you dig down in a place that's already down? Is there a parfait of tunnels? Look, I'm not an asshole. I'm just bringing things up, all right? I'm, I'm vamping, all right? Yeah, listen, we're trying our best. <laughs> I'm not a smart man. Is it under the Ironsoft? It, 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 well, uh, is it underneath the house that we went to in episode one? Well, what's under there? Tunnels. Tunnels. Subway. What else? The drones? There was, secur- there was a security detail there. Guarding what? We didn't go to where they were guarding. Huh. That's weird. <laughs> oh, figured it out. Of course. Damn it. The guards that we were avoiding on our first <laughs> on our first mission. Our first I was always thinking. I was like, there's no way it could be like underneath the first heist. That would be too much. I'm not gonna say that. That would sound dumb. The trains uh train trains going past very fast would uh yep. do a good job of get of making sure that uh People don't stop and snoop around and that are very quickly whisked away from there. I need to trust my gut. The the security droids with guns also would keep people from going in there. Yeah, that too. That too. Well, at the very least, um, I don't have to worry about going far to change for for this trip then. Since it's not that far away from where I live. Oh, that's where George came from. So, uh, what's the plan? Well, let's go heist a man. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go heist a man. (laughs) You believe it's morning. I'm alive, but that's the last thing on my mind. You believe it's morning. I'm alive, but that's the last thing on my mind. Oh.
Y'all see them in the streets struggling Young, dumb, and thugging Give a fuck about nothing Stuck at rock bottom Trying to come up on something Pumping from sundown to sun up He hustling Vision, my nigga Now get in where you're fitting And see prison As just a high cost of living The life Any up Cause if you blow that dice On that ocean Hello, Lauren Hello, Austin Are you ready to record the credits For July 2018? Well, I mean I think you mean Record the credits For July Okay I didn't know we were going to do it The whole time you should have called me Warren Warren Warren. All right. So music this month. We got new music. Uh, we have both uh, Cream by the Wu-Tang Clan, but with a re- it's a remix by Phonics, used with permission. Also, Back in the Game by Wu-Tang Clan, remixed by Phonics as well. That's Phonics. Whoa, you're so cool. P-H-O-N-I-K-S. He has a new album out as well, so definitely support that good stuff. Uh, it's like a jazz-influenced uh, hip-hop, uh, his uh, original stuff. Very cool. Also... Sweet for violin and piano, an arrangement uh, of the Metroid soundtrack. The Metroid soundtrack uh, from Overclocked Remix. It took me a minute to realize that you were saying like sweet, like a like fancy classical music piece, and not like sweet, like heckin' sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet violin and piano. It's rock. I was like, hell yeah! How sweet is this violin and piano? <laughs> yeah, next next month is gonna be groovy violin and piano. Yes, I'll take it. All right, so executive producers, July 2018. All right. Do you want to start? I'll start. Uh, Joseph Tombrello. Extellaris. Random web person, aka Foreign Mom, aka Kirsten. I can't believe you've done this. Is it Kirsten or Kirsten? Kirsten. She. I think she changed it specifically so you'd stop tripping over it. I. I. You know, point it out right now. Uh, for everyone whose name I pronounce a different way wrongly every month. I'm sorry. Uh, I talk to people for a living, and I know I hear a thousand pronunciations. I try, I promise. Uh, Jayed, J- it's J H Y E H D. So Jayed, Jayed, I think it's that. Uh, Jesse Young, Devin Smith, Savarden, Akrasimova, Arna Helgadotter, Brent, Jade likes the booty, Goatly, <laughs> the Cult of Gorfanax, Paul Mullen, Toshira Kuru. Possum Kingdom Refugee. Oh my God, I want to go to the Possum Kingdom. It sounds very, very scream. Yeah, same. Um, Dr. Goatman. Andrew Grothen. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Robert Dakin. Anthony Sever. Morgan Rapp. Kiefer Lowe. Ikorin. I just want to go back a second to Kiefer Lowe because my stoner ass went, yeah, Kiefer. Jesus Christ, Lord. <laughs> Listen, I've had a long day. I've had a long life. <laughs> okay we're uh, we're at lassie cruz right i think so yes uh samantha rain dr tau sean lyons burke turbo yeet into the crocs of god <laughs> i've been waiting for this one all month uh, this... i don't know what yeet means <clears throat> oh okay it's like a it's the thing that kids say it's a viral thing what is it like what does it mean is it like Yas or and the video I saw was this girl who who like um someone handed her an empty bottle and she's like this shit empty yeet and she threw it into the crowd. Oh, so it's kind of like a exclamation of it's when it's when the teens get fired up they say yeet. Okay. Anyway, Matthias Lakitz, Jane Magnet, Harley Astor, Garrett, Ryan Brown, Primordial Orc, Andrew Falu, Conduit of me- Mediocrity itself. Same. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Puck. Iannis, soy my name, Nicolopolis. Soy. Sorry, I just love the word soy now because, you know. Uh-huh. Soy boys. Oh, yeah. 
It's supposed to be an insult, but it just sounds like really cute. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Violet Skittles Unicorn. Uh, parentheses. Poke a pokey. It's, it's the season two. Violet Skittles Unicorn. Electro Diglett Nidoran Mankey Venusaur Rattata Pharaoh Pidgey. Oh well, I don't know shit about shit apparently. <laughs> Joaquin Groaning. Uh, Jerry Flowers. Hey Jerry. Jess Ball Sing. John Barnett. Q Cumber. Uh, one of our, I think, uh, most unrecognized, but still one of the best names. <laughs> I think it's good because it's like a first name and a last name. It is Cucumber. Whatever. 10 out of 10. Fuck, fuck my drag, right? <laughs> Hustle Bones. Killer Cotton Shizno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Arevalo. Yam. Anna Michael. Andrew Birmingham. Douglas Williamson. The Most Wise Guru. Z23619. You said that weird. Sorry. I'd say 23619. Or 23619. <laughs> no, it'd be, 20, it'd be 23,619. I'm moving on. <laughs> Quench the void. Adorkable smile. Uh, Vizzy Huggles. Jay Logan, conduit of queerness itself. Uh, Kind of same. I try. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast of Dungeons the Gathering. Madison Lilith McKenzie. Notorious Stoltz or Stoltzy? It's every every month. Stoltz. Victoria Stoltz. Victoria Melito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Majin. Criterion. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tam. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen Conduit of Name Butchering Winewick Ford. Joy Fox. Razumi Yazira. Albert West. Ken Furstel. Eleanor Nonantesi's Periton. Scott Cummings. Why'd you say it like that? You know why I said it like that. Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Jewman Jack. Melly Tish. Arjun Dakonig. Grimlock. John Potts. Noah Sudret. Zephasaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Seraph Stone. Castor UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Happy birthday, Amanda from Spike. <laughs> they gave us a message. Cool. Junk 2.0. The Hadsels. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Reynard, the conduit of being stoned, extreme same. <gasps> First of all, so there- I love you, Reynard. There's a couple of different like flavors. There's the person with the- giving themselves different conduits, the people giving messages, and then the people trying to get you to say same. <laughs> Maybe you should make messages a thing on the Patreon. Uh, who knows? Uh, Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shaynus. Dennis Pancake Detlefson. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bangston. Josh Mosier. Andigo Van Dane. I feel like it should be Andigo Van Dane, unless they've corrected you, because that sounds, like, cooler. I'm just dunking on you, because <laughs> Five purple wands. That's the right amount. Sydney Marzing. Jess the Jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Lana Seawolf. Lana? Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, y'all. I try to remember from month to month, but I'm bad. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stulfar. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlau. Jorrit. Viger Arnston. Cody Jackson. And August Rue. 
Wow. I freed you from the name prison. <laughs> yeah. I just want to point out for fun flare, uh, whenever I end up reading just the jester, I always shrug like the, the shrug emoji. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just a jester. Thank you. We have to thank things. We do. So sketch.bandcamp.com. Sketch.bandcamp.com. <laughs> Bandcop? No, this is no no cops. No band cops. No cops of any kind. This is a cop-free no zone. What about cop dogs? Dog cops. Oh, it's hard. I'm so conflicted. I'm torn. I know, because they're cute and they think they're being good boys, but do they know? Mm-hmm. They don't. So sketch.bandcamp.com. Also, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. That's Chris Larios. Yeah, who is also Rolo T, I believe, on Twitter. Who else is on Twitter? Laura. She's real popular there, (laughs) as she should be, because she's great. Yeah, Laura K. Buzz, I believe. Yes, uh, there and I think everywhere else, right? Pretty much. Also, kotaku.co.uk. Make sure you get the UK in there. It's the different one. They're separate. Um, We can support you by... Me? uh, Yeah, you. Oh. Uh, Austin is currently taking a break from school over the summer so please uh subscribe not subscribe is it subscribe <laughs> patreon.com slash austin yorski yeah help him eat I, first of all thank you second of all it's 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 all good we're all good we're just doing our best yeah uh i'm not really interesting but if you want to follow my ramblings on twitter i post a lot of cats uh i'm margalicious nice um so yeah the show's on itunes podbean we said patreon youtube all those places you can like and comment subscribe right yeah interact with them we got to get our socials right you got to get the algorithm to surface our engagement we have a discord server if people want to talk about shit oh yeah it's very hidden though only the cool kids can know how to find it and I'm sure that nobody else, except for me, searches their name to see what people say about their character every week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, we have to thank the animals. Do we have to? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Miss Butterscotch will be extremely furious if we don't. Oh, she's she's so angry all the time. Uh, she's a hedgehog, and she lives in my house, and she hates me. <laughs> she hates most things. Yeah, shout out to Anna and Zelda. Anna almost started a fire today in my house. Actually, she did start a fire. What? That's awesome. I have a thing about making sure nothing is on the stove. Mm-hmm. And I did. I wasn't home to make sure there was nothing on the stove. So the person who lives in my house left something on the stove because uh, that's what he does. <laughs> and the cats have big bunny feet that they kick around like fucking losers because they don't know how to be cats. And apparently she turned on the stove and something plastic melted and started a fire. I'm 100% certain that your eventual cause of death will be cat one way or another. Yeah, probably. Um, We should probably also thank the other cats on the show. Smudge! Smudge, who also loves bread. Smudge. Smudge. It's a very good name for a cat. Smudge. And uh, Chris has a dog. Scotia. Who I think is good. I've heard her bork a couple times. It was pretty good. They're cheeky borks. Yeah. So, uh, anything else we should include in the fun credits? Should I tell them about how I tase myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the whole story. Um, yeah, I accidentally tased myself with my own taser. So, don't do that, folks. Peak Lenora. Ugh. It did not feel good. <laughs>